Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Ammonite Movie Night. This is a podcast about motion pictures. <gasps> like cartoons? Motion pictures. Not today. Not today. Oh, okay. As always, Ammonite Inc. here, Kevin Jared. How's it going, Jared? It's going all right. Having a having a good having a pleasant pleasant evening. Uh look, we'll get into Swiss Army Man later. But yes. I saw Daniel's yes. new film on Sunday night. I saw everything everywhere all at once here in the Lincoln Square giant IMAX. Um, see this movie. Go see it. Watch it. I hope you enjoy it. There's a lot of hype around it, so I don't want to say too much. And uh, if you listen to Austin Danger podcast, I'll be saying the same thing. So you can just hit the 30 second button <laughs> when you get to that part. <laughs> um, we will be doing it on this show one way or another. I think by the time there's room to do it, it'll be on VOD. So, um, ju- even, even if just for little old me, um, go out of your way to try to check this out. That's all I have to say about it. I, you sent, you sent the trailer my way a few months back and ever since I've been patiently awaiting this movie. So I, I'm just happy to hear it's good. Yeah. You know, there is again, the hype around it is nuclear. So, you know, it's, it's like, I don't want to say anything to set up anybody to be, to have expectations, sure. but the, sure. the storytelling I just, I've, I've seen things in this movie before, but I've never seen them like this before, which I've always thought is like where the innovation's really going to come from, from these things. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's that. Sorry. I just, in the moment I was like, oh, wait a minute, we could totally do this on the show. Um, so, so announced right now, sometime soon. When you can watch it, when you can watch it at home, pay it, put it that way. When you can watch it at home, we'll be covering it here on the show. What else did I watch? I watched uh, the Lost City with Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum. Goodness, that sounds like a move. That's a movie title ripped straight from 1997, and you can't convince me otherwise. The whole movie is ripped from 1997. It's literally romancing the stone with with Sandra Bullock in the lead. It's from the from that speed period picked up and dropped today. And here's a surprise. Now, this is not a you movie at all. Jared will not see this movie. Okay. But if you're looking for a movie with, I don't know, Ammonite Nation, is Ammonite Nation looking for the Lost City? I'm not quite sure. But uh, if. You know what? You know what? Let's put it to the test. Someone, someone out there, please go see Lost City and get back to us. I'm very curious to see what our listeners. I'm, I'm curious what our listeners will think of this movie. Because I loved it. I had a great time. It is like earlier this year, I tried to watch Robert Zemeckis' Romancing the Stone. Um, mm-hmm. And I hated that. I couldn't get through that. I couldn't stand it. <laughs> but this is like uh, the humor is totally fresh and great. And yeah, it aims kind of at the middle. But it's a studio comedy with really fun action in it that aims toward the middle. And it succeeds. It's so funny. You just don't care. You're laughing your ass off at how stupid it is because it knows how stupid it is. And it's not stupid about how stupid it is. It's wild. Um, I mean, you just convinced me to watch this movie. (laughs) It's, it's a conventional (laughs) studio comedy. So it doesn't have anything like big, big and new, right? This is not an everything everywhere all at one situation. In fact, uh, in getting ready for the show, I forgot I watched the lost city because I was so swept up in everything everywhere. Um, but it was good. It was good. Um, I don't know the way you, the way you described it. It sounds like 
for the way it approaches its material, I'd be interested in that much. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not going to blow your mind and it's not going to do sure. anything surprising, but the way it does things that are predictable are, are pretty good. I think it's Paramount. So it'll be on America's network Paramount plus, uh, you saw how quickly they dumped scream and jackass on there. So probably by the summertime, I was actually about to mention, um, the fact since jackass four ever, Caught myself there. Since Jackass Forever is on the streaming channel, that's what I'm probably going to be yammering about next week. Yes, I'm watch gonna... Jackass Forever. Kevin, I'm so excited. Like, beyond. Yeah, I have to watch <laughs> it again at home because I, I I talked about it here. I love that movie so much. It's just excellent. Oh, yeah. Um, What else did I watch, Jared? I watched Jane Campion's The Piano. The last movie I'll talk about. I'll make it quick. This woman yeah. loves this piano. You have to see this movie. It is literally um, becomes a conventional, an unconventionally conventional movie in the second half. But the first half of this movie is an A24 movie about a woman who loves a piano. It is insanity. You have to watch this film. Where do where can I watch it? It is probably not streaming anywhere. I can help you out with that after the show. <laughs> oh, oh, no, it's on Showtime. So do you have my Hulu information? <laughs> Um, or you can get a free trial after the show. We'll talk after the show after class. See me after. We'll talk after the show. I will. I will let you know how to watch it after we're done. Thank you. Wink. Thank you. But yeah, (laughs) Jane Campion's the piano, a very Jared movie about very unjured things actually. Um, Oh, that's perfect. That's my favorite. Did you watch power (laughs) of the dog? I have not, but I really want to. Bronco Henry would have already seen power of the dog. Uh, which wait, which one is that's a Netflix film. Uh, what's it about again? It's the Benedict Cumberbatch, Jesse Plemons. Okay, uh, there we go. With the Kirsten Dunst and Dakota Smith McPhee. It's about the cowboy who's fucked up. Isn't it wild that uh, Plemons, of all of his Breaking Bad co-stars, is the one to make the biggest like post-Breaking Bad career? You say that like he wasn't in Friday Night Lights. It's a great performance. Okay, fair, fair. No, I'll, I just mean after Breaking Bad, like that's a great launch point. He's the one who went straight for the stars. You know, somebody was in Discord was talking about Aaron Paul. Oh, they posted the Need for Speed trailer. If you remember that movie, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I I remember the ending of Breaking Bad and then getting that trailer and losing my mind. Do you remember the night? Was it the finale that they were like hyping it up like crazy? <laughs> the Need for Speed with Aaron Paul, as if you were waiting for <laughs> like. Listen, I think Aaron Paul would have worked great in the early '90s neo noir era. I feel like he would have been. He would have found a niche and it would have been great. Um, that movie these days is need for speed. Unfortunately, <laughs> he's just, he's had a rough time. He's a great actor in my opinion, but, uh, I had a bad day. Um, you mentioned, you mentioned the early nineties and I realized he could give Chris O'Donnell a run for his money as, um, Batman forever's Robin. He would be a great nineties Robin. Mm-hmm. And he, I don't think he'd be a good Robin for like Pat for, um, for Bob. He's old. He's like, he's like 20 years older than Robert Pattinson basically, which is weird. I don't, I don't actually know for sure, but it looks like it is the problem. Um, <laughs> I think that it'd be great. It'd be some of that Ed Furlong energy that you're looking for in a mid nineties action movie. Exactly. Exactly. We're doing small soldiers on Austin danger podcast next week. And, uh, that yeah. kid has furlong energy. It's crazy. Um, mm. literally with the flannel and the, and the, this kind of side cut, the, um, the, the DreamWorks protagonist haircut. <laughs> yeah. 
Yes. But but anyway, I agree with you. But um, yeah, the year of Aaron Paul, they wanted that to be. It was like when Taylor Kitsch got his shot the next year. I was like, what? Mm. What? Weird. It, it's not even that. Yeah, Aaron Paul wasn't unsuccessful. It's just comparatively he i mean he was um he was what's his name on bojack horseman that character oh yeah it was todd the the there we go the very memorable character whose name i just completely slipped on but yeah anyway what else anything else or um nothing crazy you know life goes on i learned about a major twist in one piece that i will not spoil uh that is making me question doing that interesting um i don't want to ruin it for people who haven't heard it but there was a twist in this week's chapter of one piece that uh changes the nature of certain things that i'm sitting here on chapter 85 being like that's in a chapter a thousand and (laughs) eighty five kevin the the real one piece is the friends you made along the way that's a fair point that's a fair point um but that's you know that's pretty much all i got every one piece I'm sorry, we are stumbling over each other in excitement right now. You're fine. <laughs> every One Piece, every One Piece fan I've I know has been going on about this chapter, so I can only imagine. I don't know what happened, and I kind of want to keep it that way. Weirdly, sure, I get it. It's it's one of those things that you'd rather you'd almost rather not know. I feel like that actually yeah. would have been better. I really wish I didn't know, but that's how it is. The nature of the beast, unfortunately. You're on the internet, so you will be spoiled at any given time. Damn straight. Mm. All right, Jared. That's pretty much what I got to talk about. Uh, what are you watching? Nice. Um, I did a double. I did a double feature with um with my friend. Watched uh, Pixar's Coco hey. and Turning Red back to back. Uh, I liked Turning Red a bit more. I th- it was very lively, very pretty. The character designs. They reminded me of Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends at a, at a few points. That's interesting. That's like, a that's a new reference point. I hear a lot of anime, and you could see it in the work, but uh, Foster's oh yeah. is new. That's interesting. Yeah, I just mostly it's like some of the some of the designs really remind me remind me of it when they're not doing very Pixar esque expressions or motions. It's like oh, it's kind of wonky. I like that. Mm. But yes, this is a very anime inspired 2002. This kid's going to be weird on Deviant Art in five years. <laughs> type of movie they even have her drawing like that amazing like meme format of her face like yes it's so funny i like that they don't explain why her crush is a mermaid (laughs) i really really appreciate that they don't explain it they just let it happen it was cute uh of all the pixar movies i've seen in the past jesus 10 years i think this will be this is probably my favorite it's the best overall in a long time They've been making, mm-hmm. in my opinion, I mean, I didn't see Onward and I, you know, maybe one day, yes. but, but outside of that, I mean, I think they've been doing pretty well, all things considered, you know, the way that they yanked Incredibles too early out of the oven, you can even see how half baked it is because half of it is so solid. Um, mm-hmm. And Toy Story 4 benefited from having that time in the end because they didn't, they lost the story. They didn't have anything. Um, but, but <laughs> even in those, I feel like they've been consistently at least trying to find where they're at and who the voices are. And, and she is just a phenomenal voice in my opinion. And, and the clearest voice since um, the clearest new voice since she's, I guess uh, when they brought Brad bird on, I don't know. <laughs> Ooh, one that's one that's high praise into it. 
it kind of goes to show how they've had a pretty stable house of people for so long. Well, I, I will say also that the Ratatouille thing, Jan Pikava, that fell apart and the director of Brave did get fired. And, and there's all sorts of different tumultuous things that led us to that. Um, and there are amazing directors at Pixar who are great. But when I'm looking at it again, if we're looking at the last 10 years, right, from Cars 2 <laughs> to, to now, <laughs> or even the, even this post-buyout period, right, where Up was the last one in development before the buyout, right? And then it was Toy Story 3 mm-hmm. onward. Yeah. No, no pun intended. Hey. Um, I feel like this is, it at least stands up there with a movie like, I know we disagree, but I mean like an Inside Out or um, I like Toy Story 4. It's it's just tremendous and new, and it restored a lot of my faith that I had lost in kind of like we'll talk about Coco in a second, but like Coco looks like a Disney house style movie that they would make these days, um, and it kind of feels like one too. And um, Soul is very similar to Inside Out in terms of looking at life in the grand scheme and kind of the design of that. It is it does it is similar, although no less great. My biggest complaint with Pixar critique, I guess, I guess, is that they have a lot of really solid moments wrapped up in the blandest wrapping paper possible. Um, I can go to, let me think. I liked Up and I liked Ratatouille and I liked WALL-E, but there are aspects of those that just do nothing for the movie. And each of those movies have really solid scenes, like two or three really powerful scenes. And then you have to make a kid's movie, right? which isn't bad, but it does. It, it's not integrated. Well, mm. it's not like the Incredibles where you have the dinner scene and how that is a launching point for all of the stuff that happens later in the movie. It works so well. It's not an individual scene with a movie around it. It is the, it is it is the movie. You have the thesis right there at the start. And then you go on. Um, I'd go as far as say Toy Story. I think the whole thing captures the themes perfectly. Uh, okay, I guess that's it. <laughs> Those are my biggest examples. But like Up, wonderful opening. And it works for the most part. Then it turns into a kid's movie. Same with <laughs> that's true. First half is really great. Then it becomes a kid's movie. And being a kid's movie is good. It's just not integrated well. Which is it's just there. there is a difference, right? Yeah. Like, even those, it's, it's, it's been strange to watch the transformation. Oh, yeah. It's, you can kind of track it, too. Man, half of Incredibles 2 is phenomenal. Isn't it is it? very, it is very good. That movie yeah. is like, and, and for the record, I have fun with the Helen stuff. I think the Helen stuff is great. Okay. I, I uh, wish I liked that, that aspect in more. a different it's, way, it felt a little flat in a different yeah, way. Yeah. It, it is flat, but I, I like it yeah. for what it is. Um, anyway, sure. anyway, um, there was something else I have to tell you about this something else I wanted to bring up um, to you. Oh, you, you know, okay. while we're talking about Pixar, the funniest thing of the Oscars the other <laughs> night. Um, and I did Uh-oh. sit through the whole thing. So Troy Coetzer, Troy Coetzer wins best supporting actor, right? And he goes up and he gives an amazing speech. Even you, Jared, should go track this down. It was wonderful. He's in Coda, sure. which is the really, really sweet movie that won best picture. Um, mm-hmm. And he does this amazing speech, fade to Chris Evans at home via satellite. 
Congratulations to Troy Coetzer. Uh, whatever. You've really gone beyond. And speaking of beyond, I'm going to be in Disney Pixar's Lightyear, and here's a new trailer. And it's not a new trailer. It's the old TV spot they've been running for three months that's been on Jeopardy, like, every other week. Beautiful. Fucking, Beautiful stuff. Fucking, these, these spineless fucks. Uh, God, it's a wonder that anyone's... Uh, why did I watch it? I'll tell you this, for people who listen to Austin Danger Podcast, people who listen to Austin Danger Podcast, it led to some very productive conversations on Monday morning. Um, stay tuned. Oh, uh, to next Ooh. year. <laughs> I can't really, con- I can't really contribute to the Oscar conversation because I did not watch it and I have not really seen any of most of the movies nominated. I'd go, I'd go as far as that. this was a solid year, and then most of those movies didn't even get nominated. So, of course, <laughs> like, oh, of course. like if you ask me to name, you know, who got snubbed, you know, Red. I talked about this for hours on another show. Um, but no pig, no French dispatch, no, come on, come on, no red rocket. Okay. No, no jackass forever. I'm not being ironic. That came out this year. I'm making a joke. That came out this year. Crap. You're right. You remember. Mm. (laughs) Um, all right. Jared, do you have anything else? Nah, those were it. That was about it. Before we get to our feature presentations of the week, Jared. Hi, I'm Jared. Jared in just three weeks time or whatever three weeks from today april 22nd it is your turn to pick uh whatever i guess you want i'm very nervous um whether it be a long movie or a dense movie or something for us to just focus on in a in a a choice we are calling the davy jones rule after the most insane episode of ammonite movie night where we tried to do pirates of the caribbean two and three back to back oof so jared folks if you're just tuning in each month one of us picks it i don't know how we got there i think whatever however we got to who picks what it's jared's turn (laughs) (laughs) all right this is a very conventional pick this is covering a blind spot that i've had for far too long martin scorsese's casino yes i love this movie i was just thinking about it we were watching this terrible uh a former uh, capo uh, talked about stuff. You know, they get one of these consultants. Yeah. This guy was crazy. And he was talking all about casino. I, oh, I love casino. This is going to be so sick. All right. April 22nd. I'm excited. I'm excited. This is that, that has been my, I start the movie. I look down at the runtime and go, are you kidding me? I I'm tired, but now we're going to do it. I'm excited. Wow. Folks take a Sunday afternoon. Sit back and relax and enjoy. And we're giving you three weeks, so hopefully you'll come back and join us on April 22nd when we talk about Martin Scorsese's Casino. Yes! <laughs> oh my god. Okay. And with that, shall we go into our picks for this week? Yeah, we're going to start with um, the least obscure movie of the week. Uh, my pick, Daniel's first film, Swiss Army Man. It's a movie about kind of Paul Dano plays a guy who's washed up on an island and he thinks about ending it all when he sees washed up on the shore a corpse played by Daniel Radcliffe, who he soon uses as a jet ski and befriends and teaches him about what truly is important in life and some other stuff about a girl on a bus played by Ramona Flowers herself, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Um, the movie ends Kevin, eventually. Is it, Kevin, Kevin, is it stressful? When you're on a beach and your inner child washes up on shore. I feel like that'd be a very distressing thing. I have to suppose. Like, this guy 
this guy takes it very, very well. But I don't know. I've, I'd be a little, ner- I'd be a little upset. Be a little strange. What'd you think of this movie? I, you know, I, I, I'm not going to talk about the new movie because it's not fair. But sure. it is a massive improvement over this. I, I, I liked it fine. I thought it was well made, very good. Um, but I feel like the big issue I had was. Everything about the corpse is a cover for this other story that is kind of basic and not really what I expected or what I wanted out of a story with the farting corpse premise. Uh, (laughs) I was kind of let down by like when it was revealed that it's all about Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character and that's love and whatever. I did like the subtext of them dressing up in the little environment. Yes, I really liked that. I love when they go to the movies. I, I, I mean, I, I liked a lot of this movie, just the, the second half, especially once it's revealed where they've been. I was like, come on. Yeah, that point was like, all right, I get it. It's a metaphor for learning to love yourself and da 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 da. da. But yeah, then it, then it just got creepy. Yes. Like, I know it's, it's a bit reductive to just call it creepy, but it just, it kind of takes, took me out. It really tries to, t- it tries to do like, it's a parody of like, you know, indie indie movie type things but it doesn't get mean-spirited it just has the corpse fart it has the living metaphor fart around any jet skis jet skis away with his fart propelled corpse and all that everything was working up until it became about the girl yeah right i mean how how long could you make a movie i guess without it being about something like that but then it was like i don't really care about paul dano anymore because it's weird I certainly don't care about the farting corpse because I don't know. Well, I guess I care about the farting corpse. I liked his, uh, you know, Dan Radcliffe. What a guy. That guy is something else. He's, I think he was a standout and Paul Dano was wonderful in this, but Dan Radcliffe was something, was something funny. He knows he knew how to hold his face in the funniest ways to be a corpse, but also, you know. (laughs) just burst out laughing (laughs) at an appropriate moment. I couldn't believe how authentically he was playing that corpse. Serious. Like it really was well done. There's a great image of when, uh, when they're crawling across the pipe, the one that stuck with me there, Paul, he has him on his back. That's the thing. That's the thing. Paul Dano mostly carries Dan Radcliffe around. (laughs) And there's one great shot where he's like, where um, Radcliffe is trying to talk to Paul Dano. Paul Dano's like, please shut the shut up. Please shut up right now. I'm trying not to piss my pants. And he, <laughs> Radcliffe's face is just like sopping and falling over as he's mumbling to his friend. It was so funny. <laughs> Do you know the exact like thing I'm talking about? It's right before they fall into the water. I don't think so. I'm going to have to go back and check. Nah. nah, it's just something that stuck with me. It just... Mm. It felt like it was learning about how to love yourself despite your own flaws. Sure. And this corpse is a representation of his inner self and how, you know, you're conscious, you're unconscious. You have to carry each other. It's not one or the other. It's together. And then it was, you know, then Ramona Flowers shows up again. No skates this time, but whatever. It's just weird. I feel like this also, it's a movie that feels like it totally was made in the room while they were pitching it, you know, and they just kept having ideas and there was no kind of editing (laughs) of the ideas. Um, A24 were just so in the hole on it that they greenlit it probably without them having a finish, 
is how it feels. Um, it might have been the greatest elevator pitch of all time. Yo, it really is. Especially if you put the actors in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what if Cal- What if uh, Calvin could not get over Susie Durkins and Hobbs was a corpse? Like, that's kind of what it feels like at times. I mean, yeah. I gave it something specific. It feels like a weird mashup of ideas in the kind of a terrible way, I think. Terrible is a strong word, but it it was just that disappointing. Yeah, I'm so deflated. I'm like shocked that I really was not into this because I love the new one so much. Right? Just unfortunate. I did like the actual design, but like the thing is like, I'm going to praise all the design of the little community you built in the forest, but then all that stuff didn't matter because it was right outside her house. Yeah. It went from being really sweet and, and somber, sad little thing to, Oh, you're a weirdo. The problem is we're, we're, we're circling around this. Cause this, that's the biggest flaw. Turns out he's a creep. Yeah. It, a weirdo. it feels kind of one note that's in that it. way. I mean, I guess there yeah, are two they, notes, right? One is Daniel Radcliffe, the farting corpse. And the other is mm-hmm. this story that um, I, I don't know what it means for me because it's just like, oh, this guy ran into a, a corpse in the forest and he's been living there the whole time. Maybe I'm sure there's like a Reddit thread theory about how he lives in the forest the whole time. I mean, that's I think I feel like that's what the movie's trying to say. That he imagined all of this as some sort of inner torment of the soul. Sure. Is going through his own journey, seeing himself, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, but then we have that Birdman moment at the end where he, fl- where he yeah, farts yeah. away. They did not know how to end this movie. No. Let's just say it. Let's just say <laughs> no, it. No, <laughs> they didn't. But man, what a great act one. What a great set of oh, ideas. God, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel like there's a trend in A24 movies where. The first one is always a little rough around the edges from these people. I mean, I didn't see Hereditary. I can't judge that. But I did see The Witch, and I, which actually is pretty... The Witch is another movie where they give... It's, it's better at it. But they mm-hmm. give a general idea, and they let the movie be one thing. And then at the very end, the movie is extremely different than <laughs> what you signed up for. Um, a good time to Uncut Gems is just an upgrade. In every way, in my opinion. Yeah. But I know some people prefer Good Time. I actually need to watch that Good mm. Time. It's on Netflix, right? Uh, yes, I think so. I know they have. I know the Safties have one film on Netflix. And I just can't remember what. I believe it's that. But regardless, I feel bad. I have very little to say about this movie just because the ending completely takes you out at the knees. Yeah, you know, this was a big old bummer. Uh <laughs> I thought I would have Every, more, but the problem is, is that it circles around. Uh, we don't want to talk in circles, it, but it sure. circles around three things. The corpse farts, it spits out water and stuff. And then the middle, the beautiful kind of middle where they kind of fall in love, right? When he finally comes into mm-hmm. terms with that. Mm-hmm. And that was nice. Calvin and Hobbes. Calvin and yeah. Hobbes fight club Evangelion in a soup. And that was nice. I liked, I liked the dialogue when it was just um, uh, Hank. Paul Daniels character and Manny Dan Radcliffe's character when they're just talking so frankly with each other that cause that feels like a metaphor. It feels like you're having an inner discussion with yourself, trying to sort out your feelings, right. your thoughts, your life. Good stuff worked in it. It worked for it. Paul Dano is really great 
for that stuff. And let's circ- we're circling back to it because <laughs> it's this is the flaw. The ending is not great. Yeah, and there's a, a the best part about the ending is when he farts himself back into the ocean. It has a close up of his face, and he just looks like a ghoul, <laughs> just a grinning ghoul. <laughs> like that was great. Like but... if he stalked her on Instagram, wouldn't he already have seen the photos already? Yeah, I guess so. But we don't know how he got there. See, I don't know. Look, I feel like also this is the kind of movie where if we start poking holes in it. It's also going to completely collapse. So the easiest hole to poke in is that uh, saving battery is one of the reasons why he can't uh, show Manny the girl, but they certainly have enough time to open up his, open up his phone and go through the photos, no charging. And the first thought they have is, okay, let's go through this man's photos. I guess that's not even a fun hole to poke in. It just kind of, it just needs to happen for the plot to continue. That's just disappointing. Yeah. Jared, I'm pulling the ripcord on this segment. Um, yeah, I mean, just nothing. Left to here's say. here's what I have to say. Here's my final thoughts. I uh, was disappointed. I, I I mean, I think there's a lot to like, and I think the ideas here are good. And Daniels know how to make movies, um, and that All three that bore fruit. But the problem is that that fruit is uh, another episode for another time. So I'm at three stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three stars. Yeah, it's it's you know based purely on the strength of the two actors and the dialogue and the visuals in the middle half middle part. Yeah. There's a lot to enjoy. It. It's good. Three stars in my opinion is good. Yeah. Solid. It's fine. Flawed, but has its merits. All right. Onto the world's greatest. Dinner. You know, when you, when you said this movie <laughs> and I looked it up, I was like, you've got to be absolutely joking. I was like, you got to be kidding me with this. What even is this movie? And then I started watching it. It's free on YouTube. And I started watching this movie and uh, I was immediately converted. And it's one of my favorite movies I've seen all year. Uh, <laughs> oh, yes. Kevin, the fact that we did not. The fact that we did not watch this at 1 a.m. when we were 13 in Morocco's bedroom is a travesty. Dude, we would have it been obsessed. I would have become the Timothy Carey character. I would have been God Hillard. Hilliard. God, you would have, yeah, you would have just, you would have sli- skipped the Clarence part. You would have gone straight to God Hilliard. So, how do we describe this movie, Kevin? I give, I'm gonna give this. To okay, you. Um, it's about an insurance salesman named Clarence Hilliard who gets tired of his nine to five day to day nuclear family fifties Eisenhower life. And what he does is he starts a cult. He calls himself God. He says to his followers that he could make them stronger than humans. He could make them a, a race of superhumans. And they believe it. And they call him God Hilliard. And that goes bad. <laughs> it alienates him from his life. And uh, he's the first Super Saiyan. You've been waiting to see that all week. <laughs> so, so, Jared. God, yes. You said last week that you found this because you were looking at Paths of Glory, the Kubrick movie, right? And you just randomly yes. came across Tim, uh, Timothy Carey's, uh, his, his wiki. I was just interested in him because he was such an, he was a standout figure in that movie. His voice was interesting. His appearance was interesting. And he described himself as like an unwanted person. And that's why he's in the position he is in Paths of Glory. And I thought he just looks like a, he's just a normal, he's just a white guy. What does he mean? He's like a social outcast. So I checked it out and I was like, okay, maybe he has some sort of background that would be not okay in the fifties or at least in that, in that time, in that time frame. the, since the movie takes in world war one, 
back then. No, he's just a normal guy. I scroll through and I see, okay, he's known for his extreme um, characters and his personality. You should look him up sometime, how he got kicked off of uh, the set of Paths of Glory. Oh, no. But part of his wiki, wiki is this movie called The World's Greatest Sinner. Click on it. Oh, directed by... Produced by, written by, and starring <laughs> Timothy Carey. And I said, oh, good. Another Southland Tales. Perfect. Oh, this is exactly what I want. Yeah, this is like uh, a really, really strong idea for a Neil Breen picture is is how I would kind of pitch it. I think it's way better than Neil Breen stuff technically, even though it is a mess mm-hmm. technically. Oh, gosh. Mess is a polite way to put it, Kevin. That's very polite of you. I had to turn on uh, YouTube's autom- automated uh, captions because there were some lines I could not understand because oh. it was graveled. Yeah, that's important to note is that the YouTube version that we watched for this show is on like an, a one millionth generation run VHS tape. It's perfect. It's exactly how it should be. <laughs> it's, it's a tape that was used to edit the movie. So it's from 1962 <laughs> before tapes, magnetic tapes are even used. We'll leave a um, we'll leave a link to this in um, in our little in our little description box. But I scrolled down through the comments out of curiosity, and someone mentioned mentioned like it's really lucky this is up on YouTube. I was lucky to get this from Tim Carey himself. Even Elvis couldn't get this movie. It's like what a statement! Who Whoa. is this person in the YouTube comments? Oh my god! But yeah, this yeah, that's how weird this movie is. It was. The only reason we people knew about its existence was because a very young Frank Zappa, who composed the music for this pre Mothers of Invention, he talked about it on a, on a, he went on about it on a talk show described it as the world's worst movie, and then it was not released for fifty years. It popped up on Turner Classic uh, Channel at some point years later, and it just arrived into the ether. Absolutely insane story for this. I I, I just like. And, and, you know, it's it's one of those movies that it kind of reminded me of one of the Dreamland movies. We have a very strong central performance by a big person who mm-hmm. wants to cause chaos and destruction. Although here it's in the name of a god, God Hilliard, mm-hmm. and not uh, filth. But still, <laughs> like the high camp performance by Tim Carey, the take my hand, the Elvis of it all. Oh my God. He's a, he doesn't look, he's just a, he's never, has he even seen Elvis? (laughs) I couldn't believe it. I want to know his idea of Elvis. His idea of Elvis is this menacing God creature. He, he saw, he saw a performance, an Elvis performance on television and he was frightened. That is the only way Yo, to describe he this. he saw in the hips of Elvis pure evil. That's exactly what this is. This is all mm-hmm. about... This is an anti-rockabilly movie. Basically. What do you think... Th- what do you think Carrie... Tim Carrie... Tim Carrie... Oh, that's going to get real... Tim Carrie. Carrie. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Somebody stop him. What do you think... What do you think Timothy Carrie thought of the Beatles? That's what I want to know. I want to see a sequel to this. A spiritual sequel where it's a... Um, where it's a Beatles type thing i i wonder i wonder i am looking for it timothy carry i would go as oh 
Oh, there is actually a Beatles connection, Jared. Did you know Timothy Carey oh. is actually in the Sgt. Pepper album cover? <gasps> um, I believe he's behind George. Yes. Okay, that explains so much. When I saw his face on the Wikipedia on his Wikipedia entry, I was like, I that's familiar. At first, I thought it was just because he looks like um, Nick Cage's evil father, <laughs> but. He's on the cover of Sgt. Pepper's, right next to George. He did, and it makes sense. He does have an extremely uh, definitive head. He's a very thick head. Oh, God. And those eyes. Those half-lidded, sinister, sunken those eyes. Those eyes. Those half-lidded, sinister, sunken eyes. <laughs> I believe... You, uh, no, 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 no. Timothy Carey is, I, I, is, I, is uh, over George's shoulder. Whoa, those eyes, those sinister sunken eyes. That's what I sound like, Kevin. Whoa, you can say that again. (laughs) So I'm going a little off topic from the movie, but I need to talk about this strange man. He, (laughs) in a connection to, in a connection to last week, he, his first screen, his screen debut was a minor role in Billy Wilder's Ace in the Hole. And... From there, he went on. He went on to show up in the, uh, the Killing, a Kubrick film, and Paths of Glory. Where <laughs> I'm going to read this from the wiki. During the filming of Paths of Glory, Carey was reportedly disruptive and tried to draw more attention to his character. One scene took 57 takes to complete because this guy was being such an ass. Oh my god! Carey faked his own kidnapping to generate personal publicity, which prompted Kubrick and the producer to fire. Oh my God! What? <laughs> they had to use a double in a in a scene. Like they just any any time they had it was like, oh God, just just make his just turn his turn him around, put his back to the movie. He was also Coppola, Francis Ford Coppola. He wanted to cast Carey as Luca Bracci. <gasps> Bracci. That's <Yeah>. crazy. <laughs> Could you imagine? He turned it down so he could film a television pilot called Tweets Ladies of Pasadena, which was never sold or broadcast. <laughs> this guy really was 50 years before his time. These days, that would be a podcast. Oh, oh man. He also, he was, Carrie um, auditioned for the role of Joe Cabot in Tarantino's Reservoir Dogs. He was supposed to be uh, the the head boss man. Oh, that would have been unbelievable and worse. But like that would be so amazing. Oh, I want to see it, but also I really like Reservoir Dogs. So I, do I want to see it? Yes, I do. Change my mind. I do want to see it. But that's a that's an idea of what kind of man Timothy Carey is, and I think the rest of him shows up in this movie. Where he gl- goes from, like you said, an Eisenhower-esque, typical insurance, ma- manly father, leave it to Beaver-esque the person, to a menace. There are some shots later on the later part of this movie where he is terrifying. Like, when they cast him in certain l- shadows, it's just, it's uncomfortable to look at It, it earnestly reminded me of uh, Lawton in Night of the Hunter. Mm, uh, yes like it was actually that scary and the contrast on the tape even the crappy tape we were looking at he really is terrifying the the one that sticks out with me the most is that in his apartment his like residence he has so many statues like busts like statues just loitering his room 
There's one scene where the background is all black and there are two, two busts next to each other. And he emerges from between them just so slow, just slowly and starts to laugh. It's like, Jesus Christ. This is unsettling. He knew what kind of performance he knew what kind of movie he was making it, it's, when he sat down to do It's this. just insane because he's giving it from somebody's living room. Yeah. That God set is absolutely somebody's den or something with some oh. drapes hung up. <laughs> the man went, the man just set, grabbed some cameras and went to his house or actually his mom's house. That's someone's mother's house. Let's be honest here. just craziness i couldn't keep my eyes off of it i really just like it's i I have here noted the mother is so bad the actress playing the mother might as well have been reading cards he was holding in the reverse shot well the results are in i have breast cancer yeah it felt in the tradition of a future ammonite movie night episode um wink wink that like you know mm -hmm. like he wanted to do this. He went out and did it. The fact that it's not talked about in the same arena only speaks to the fact that you can't see it anywhere. I feel like if yeah, people, it's... A, this is my hottest take. It's my mm-hmm. letterbox review. First, if A24 did this movie today, it would be a staggering achievement Agreed. in high camp in religious commentary and just being an insane creep out movie. It would be lauded. It would be drenched in awards, independent spirit up the ass in my opinion. It's crazy. The fact that we haven't had Joel or Mike MST3K talking about this at any point, I think is a travesty. That's, I mean, that's the only way this would ever be seen and be recognized or even remembered in the modern day. And sheer fact that it was not ever put out into the world until the, like the late nineties or something. I mean, I get, I get like, they do propose hating different races by default, oh my God. there is that great scene who's like, what race is our cult going to hate? And of course, God has to tell them no. God, there's a great, great line. So, um, oh, yeah, there's no kidding ourselves. We got to hate someone. The delivery, the delivery on that makes just got it killed me. But also, it's a very, uh, very cynical, forthright thing to say about <laughs> cultish behavior and politics and i guess the whole gamut absolutely insane i have a i have an update on the mike nelson situation which is that one person has requested this film on the riff tracks form and there have been a total of four votes for it so well you know what that'll Uh, never get me (laughs) in 30 minutes they're gonna be six so (laughs) yeah fair enough fair enough i'm about to look not me about to make a riff tracks account um the first the first the first half is littered with things that we would quote to each other you know that right like all the first half is just wow this is just this is something from when we were kids that we would say to each other because it's insane the theme song oh my god wounds great sin like yeah police can't get us we're gods Nobody's going to stand in my way. Not my mother, not my wife. I like that he says his mother first. And she, I don't even think she was in, I don't even think she was in the movie at that point. God, it's true. Like, this is another movie, like a lot of movies I've seen over the last couple of years. I feel really bad that it wasn't there for us when we needed it the most, truly. 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's a damn shame. My God. My God, that opening scene where like he didn't even have a. This is the craziest part to me. He didn't even have a soul anyway. He was trying to call somebody. He was trying to call somebody down from a fucking funeral insurance. Oh my God! Because when they they leave you there, they you stink real bad. Insanity. Why don't you take the day off? Why don't you all take the day off? In the end, can I have the day off? You can take the year off. It's goofy, but I actually like that dialogue. It bounced nicely in my It's got head. a nice old school feel to it. It's kind of like uh, in polyester, they pull out a bunch on purpose to evoke this era. The notes I have here for it, um, it's like a memory of the past mixed with an abstraction of the future. It takes place right at the end of that kind of old timey performance, noise, just everything about it feels old but with the crazy Elvis stuff and just how off the rails it gets towards the end. We're on the precipice of the hippie movement, I'd say. Like, that's what that feels like to me. Usually when you see films that take points of views like this, they're from kind of the 70s and 80s looking back at this period. So it is pretty wild to see Mm -hmm. such a subversive Mm -hmm. movie at that time, right? Where this stuff would have been unheard of. I mean, now it, it feels passe because we've seen this a million times. But like, to see something like this it presented like very, that. very, very unembarrassed about every aspect of itself. I love that. Mm-hmm. That's important part. That's what's important is it, that. This movie does not, not fuck around. Joking about it. <laughs> huh. And like, and like, guys, I'm going to compare him to David. I'm going to compare this to a Lynch movie just because it goes in weird places. With Lynch, you can feel the structure of a film. You know that he's deliberately doing these things. With this, I genuinely am not sure what's an accident, what is a beautiful accident, and what is deliberate. (laughs) And I love that. It really does feel like I'm watching a guy take his brain out of his skull, hook up a little cable to it, and go, yes, this is how I feel about those hips. (laughs) it's it's incredible and it's incredible how prescient it ended up being um whether it be hippies Mm -hmm. being run in a cult by charles manson or heaven's gate or there you go uh politics (laughs) i'll put it that way uh you know politics it's incredible how 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 entranced you are too. I've said this a couple of times, but you say like how hypnotized you are by Timothy Carey's performance in this film. And then you catch yourself falling for it too. Not to that extent, but you know, mm-hmm. he has, he has very little charisma, right? But you're mesmerized. And it's, I think, I think it's from fear. I, I don't know about you, but watching this guy was terrifying. I would do what he says just because I, cannot comprehend where he's coming from in both where he's coming from mentally and just physically how did he appear here was he always this way or is this a transformation like that eisenhower stuff at the beginning is a front total front and this is you know we we haven't even scratched the surface of the storyline with the family which is essentially 
you know, mm-hmm. his battle with God, you know, God Hilliard's battle with God himself. Mm-hmm. Um, good luck understanding that. That that clearly came from a deeply personal place. That's yeah. That <sighs> some men would just some men would rather become God than go to therapy, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing that a lot in the themes of the movies I'm seeing this year. Uh, some people would rather go see a movie directed by John Goodman than go to therapy. Some would rather become Batman. Some would rather crush their junk and uh, hit it like a ping pong paddle. <laughs> I'm seeing a lot of those themes this year. It's wild. Do you think COVID had anything to do with it? Our brains just morphing? No, it's just the movies happen to be all about it. Hmm. Therapy's important, though. Oh yes. Everyone watch it. Everyone watch this movie. It will convince you to seek therapy. Yeah. This is one of the most like good hearted and clear advocate. Like, no, how do I even say that shit? Take it to this is, slow. this is one of the most honest recommendations we've ever given in the history of this show. Go on YouTube. Check this thing out. It's so good. Jared on a scale of one to five, what would you give the world's greatest center? God, I want to give it a five so bad. I, I, know. I, I know. I know. I can't. It's held, it's held back by so many things that make it difficult to parse in a way that doesn't help. I'm going to give it, I mean, I'm going to give it a four that dreams of a five. Yeah, that's, you know, we're pretty much in lockstep this week because a four that aspires to a five, I think mm-hmm. with a bit more study of Timothy Carey, the person and maybe his work and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, would elevate it for me to that level. But this is a movie I'll be watching a lot in my life because oh, it's yes. just fucking crazy. I couldn't believe, you know, this movie could have been anything when you picked it. I was like, what is this on YouTube? But, you know, not disrespectfully, but sometimes it's far out. Yeah. But this this was far out, but in all the ways I'm looking for in a film, especially after watching all those John Waters movies earlier this month. <laughs> I was shocked at how how this was exactly what I wanted. I yeah. was shocked at how cleanly it fit the bill. And on a parting note, do you have, oh, do you have anything left to want to say about this? I'm good. I'm good. You know, uh, you should go see this movie and then you yes. should let us know what you thought about it. AMNTPod at gmail.com. My one parting note is at the very start where it shows the title, the S in center looks like the subway logo. It does. It really, really does. yeah that was the uh, world's greatest dinner please 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 go watch it it is wonderful we're gonna leave a link so you can all you can all give it a go yeah hopefully either it stays up on youtube or like kino lorber or shout or maybe arrow or somebody will put out a disc of this in high quality so we all can enjoy it the way it was meant to be seen uh, projected onto the wall of somebody's garage. <laughs> Hopefully. I can count the grain. Every grain, Kevin. Every single one. Every you know grain what? of sand. You know what? It's better for it. But, <laughs> yeah, that's the show. All right, Jared. You know what time it is. That is the show. So, you have a coin handy? I actually do not, unfortunately. Do You, you don't. Okay, I'm going to use Google Coin. Google has a coin you can use. I hope it's not biased. Okay, so that is the show. Jared, I would like you to call heads or tails. Heads. 
It's heads, Jared. What are we watching? We are watching a wonderful wuxia film by the name of The Eight Diagram Pole Fighter. Kevin, are you familiar with wuxia films? I, you know, I've seen uh, Crouching Tiger Counts. Yes. Most so I've seen I've seen that. It's a journey I would have loved to have gone on. And I guess I'm getting brought in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking you with me. Uh, wuxia films are a Chinese genre of historical movies that usually incorporate martial arts. And to some degree, they get absurd. Yeah, Kevin. Yep. I see that. Oh, face. this is a Shaw Brothers movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, you know, um, King Boxer has been on the shortlist for this show and I have access. It's on, it should be on arrow. I'll check right now, actually. Perfect. But yeah, I've been meaning to get us into the Shaw brothers for a while. So this is going to be awesome. I'm so excited. Me too. Please continue. Continue. Oh, that's, that's really it. I'm excited to watch this movie. I've seen clips of it. I, a lot, a handful of people I love, uh, to follow. It's okay. Say, no, say, Say, but yeah, continue again. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, no, go ahead. Continue. continue. No, I've been, I have a, a handful of people that I follow on Letterboxd have given this movie high rating. I've seen clips of it that are utterly gorgeous. And that is my rationale. I'm very excited to watch this movie and talk about it. Hell yeah. That's really exciting. I'm, I'm like, I'm like psyched. We're starting <laughs> on the Shaw Brothers, which yeah, will dude. be an ongoing thing. Mm-hmm. But what's your pick for next week? All right, so we are continuing my theme through the spring. It's the year of renewal, so let's cross off some Wall of Shame entries. Let's pull some tapes off the wall. These are movies I have either lied about or have totally got to see. It makes no sense I haven't seen them. Mm-hmm. This film uh, was just announced to be coming to 4K by the good people at Arrow, so that's something to look forward to, and as a result, I said to myself, you know, I, I've never really seen true romance. Oh. And so Tony Scott's true romance. We're back. Quentin Tarantino has returned to Ammonite movie night with his first script sold. So that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that'll be fun. Really strong cast. Slater, Arquette, Oldman, Hopper, Walken, Pitt, Kilmer. Oh, my God. That's like... <laughs> This is the same year as Tombstone, by the way. The uh, Another stacked cast. Yeah, it's crazy to think about. Um, where can you watch True Romance? It's on Tubi. There you go. It's on Tubi. I think your movie is on Arrow, but I'm not 100% sure. I'll check the Instagram. Check AMNTINC yeah. on Instagram. And uh, I'll have stuff up by Friday afternoon about where you can stream these films. Sure. Um, you can rent you can rent a diagram pole fighter from a handful of places, uh, Amazon Prime, YouTube, Apple TV, stuff like that. So sure, um, you find. know, I have to be real. I tried to watch King Boxer on Amazon Prime, and it was a dubbed VHS copy that was so clearly taken from the VHS. They had the FBI warning before the streams, like on the stream. You know, that's that's an aesthetic. That's a good feeling. I like <laughs> it's that. True. But at the same t- at the same time, it's like if you're not expecting it, it's a it is a kick in the knee. That's true. All right. So that's next week. Absolutely crazy. But until then, this has been Ammonite Movie Night. We are Ammonite Incorporated. For Kev, this is Jared. Say goodnight, Jared. (laughs) Don't let me down, Clarence. Don't let me down, boy. (laughs) We'll see you guys next week.